It is Friday, October 1st here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 4 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at fansharesports.com. Mitch Carl cannot join us tonight because everybody in his house is sick, it sounds like, Jared. But the week mm-hmm. four slate goes on. So please lay a cash QB on us for DraftKings. Yeah, it's going to be Dak Prescott for me. Um, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes actually checks in as our top dollars per point value at 8100 bucks. But, you know, to me, when you start building lineups, there's not a lot of strong, cheap plays this week. So, you know, as I was building, like, Dak was the guy who just fit. And I, I'm, I'm totally cool with Dak at 6,700 bucks. That feels underpriced to me. Um, I mean, if there's a concern, it's that, you know, as we talked about on yesterday's preview pod, Dallas has been run heavy the past two weeks. I don't think they're going to be run heavy all season. I think it's going to be more matchup based. Like, and, you know, Carolina's played the pass and they're run tough. Um, but I, I don't think Dallas is going to be so run heavy in this game. And there's going to be enough passing volume for Dak. And I, I also think Cowboys offense is going to have success. Like Carolina's good defense, but you know, and how well Dak and the O-line's playing and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. I just think, you know, there's enough here where I think Dak should pay off that price tag. Yeah, I mean, maybe you hold off on Dak Prescott a little bit for a GPP to see if he has that ultimate tournament winning upside here. You know, both because of the Carolina uh, defense, waiting to see if it's for real, if it's stacking up to its rating so far, and to see what the run pass split's going to be like. But cash side, I think it's tough to make an argument against Dak Prescott. I like spending down a little bit further because I need the salary cap room. And I'll take Sam Darnold at 6K as a cash starting point here. More than Taylor Heineke, who's right in the same area in our dollars per point projections. But Taylor Taylor Heineke for $100 less than Sam Darnold, considering their two situations, I'm going to Darnold. I believe in Darnold more than Taylor Heineke in general. I believe in his wide receivers more than the group that they have for Washington right now, the Cowboys have faced the third most pass attempts in the league through three games. So I think it's a good situation for passing volume for Sam Darnold. They're behind only the Bucks and Rams in that category. Dallas is also favored by five points here and Christian McCaffrey is out. So, I mean, that makes it an even better situation for driving up the passing volume for Sam Darnold. It should be a pass leaning offense with Christian McCaffrey out. You can stack DJ Moore with Sam Darnold here or just run Darnold out there without a wide receiver if you want to. He has accounted for two touchdowns in every game so far and given us a 300-yard bonus each of the past two weeks, which is big for DraftKings. Yeah, his fantasy totals have been inflated a bit by the, the three rushing touchdowns, but Carolina is actually calling designed rushing stuff. We're not, I mean, they're calling agreed options where you know, Darnold can keep. Um, so they're taking advantage of the athleticism, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with Darnold if you need to save the, the money from Dak. What about on the GPP side? So tournaments, I'm going Patrick Mahomes, um, and you, you don't need to make much of an argument for Mahomes. But again, he does check in as the top value at quarterback, even at $8,100. He's only projected at 8% ownership. I do think there's another op- another good options, you know, this week that's going to keep people off him. He's coming off two kind of disappointing games by his standards. Um, but, you know, Casey has the second highest implied total of the week at 30.75 points behind only Buffalo. Um, I'm, I'm not scared of, of Philly's 
defense, um, you know, and, and it's Patrick Mahomes. So again, you don't, don't need to say a whole lot. Yeah, I, I think Sam Darnold is in play here as well, but I would rather go for somebody with a higher ceiling. And I'm going to look to the other side of that Kansas City matchup. Jalen Hurts at home for 6900 bucks. He's 10th among quarterbacks in fantasy points so far. He's topped 23 points every week. So he's been more of a floor play for fantasy so far, but he showed us that ceiling, especially if you look back to last season. So we know it's there. Jalen Hurts is second to only Lamar Jackson in rushing yards among quarterbacks. He's facing one of the league's worst defenses through three weeks. He's a heavy home underdog. So either the Eagles make this game closer as every Chiefs game has been so far, or they fall behind. And frankly, either of those situations could play out positively for Jalen Hurts' fantasy value. All we have to do, I think, to if you're not ready to accept the case for Jalen Hurts, look back to week two, where he went 12 of 23 passing against the 49ers. His team scored 11 total points. And Jalen Hurts still finished QB 12 and top Mm -hmm. 20 fantasy points. So you put all that together, he's just seventh or eighth among quarterbacks in projected ownership, depending on whether you count Justin Fields in that. And you get to run back Chiefs on the other side. You can play Tyree Kill, you can play Travis Kelsey for the game stack without necessarily having uh, Patrick Mahomes in that salary. Yeah, I was going to ask, would you stack Hurts with any of his receivers? Um... I think there are options. I don't think anybody is a must stack because we can have Jalen Hurts have a big game without any of his pass catchers having a big game. Uh, I think options are Devontae Smith at 3%, although a 3% projected ownership. His Mm -hmm. salary is a little bit high for what we should expect from him for now, but you know, it's certainly possible that those two go off together. There's also Dallas Goddard at 4,800. I'm not sure I'll get to him at that price, especially because Zach Ertz is also available at 3,500 and just one and a half percent projected ownership. I think it's possible to put both Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey as a flex in the same uh, lineup. Yeah. I, I don't love any of the prices on the Eagles pass catcher. So if I'm playing a Hertz lineup, it'd probably be Hertz without any Eagles. And then, either Kelsey or Tyree kill as, you know, as the game stack. Yeah. And I, I like having those options as part of the Hertz package this week. Yep. Running back for cash. I guess the first question is what are you doing with $8,800 Derek Henry on a deserted offensive Island in Tennessee? Yeah. I'm, I'm scared not to play him. Um, I do think there are enough running back options where he's not a must play. Um, and again, it is a pretty tight, pricing week on DraftKings without a whole lot of cheapies to really like. So I, I don't think Henry's a, a must play. He's obviously a great play though, because he, you know, he's a lock for 20 plus carries. He might get 30. He's very likely going to get the 100 yard bonus. He's even doing more in the passing game so far this season. He already has 12 catches on 13 targets and you know, he should continue to get usage there this week with those wide receiver injuries. So Henry's obviously a great play. It's just, you know, d- does he fit in your optimal lineup? Um, Otherwise, I like DeAndre Swift for 6200 bucks. I still think that's too cheap for the passing game usage he's getting. He's second among running backs with 23 targets and 19 catches. Um, you know, there's talk this week that he's going to do even more going forward. I think that, you know, groin injury is getting further behind him. And, that you know, the, the Bears defense is just not one to be afraid of. They're 17th in football outsiders run defense rankings. They're 23rd in football, outside, football outsiders running back coverage rankings. So, you know, plus matchup on the ground and in the passing game for DeAndre Swift. Yeah. I wish at this point that I've been drafting some more DeAndre Swift. Now I could admit that in, in preseason and in full season, only Najee Harris ahead of him in targets and catches among running backs. And Najee Harris cheated last week to do that. So it should be DeAndre Swift in first place there. I agree with the, with you on the price. He's he's scored the fourth most points per game 
at the position and all three guys ahead of him cost at least $1,500 more yeah. on DK right now. So DeAndre Swift is a pretty easy play, especially in the full PPR. If I don't want to pay up for Derrick Henry, I think other options include Zeke Elliott, 6,500, Jonathan Taylor, 6,300, Antonio Gibson, 61, uh, David Montgomery, 58. None of those guys is comfy enough for me to lean on him. And, and frankly, a lack of comfort in those guys might make me either go up to Derrick Henry or go down to somebody who is similarly uncomfortable, but at least gives me some spending flexibility. Yeah, I think Zeke and Montgomery are my, my kind of the other guys I'd consider for cash. Um, you know, Zeke again, e- even with Tony Pollard doing what he's been doing, you know, Ze- Zeke's been getting running back one usage and has produced as an RB one the past two weeks now. And then then Montgomery at fifty eight hundred bucks. I mean, it hasn't translated to big fantasy numbers, but his usage has been awesome. Um, you know, both on the ground and in the passing game, as far as you know, share of the carries and share of the targets. He obviously needs the Bears offense to be better than it was last week. I, I think it will be, whether it's Fields or Dalton, um, mostly just because the matchup's so much better, you know, at home for the Lions, you know, versus on the road in Cleveland last week. And I mean, it just has to be, even if they do everything the same, it, it can't be as bad as last week. Yep. On the GPP side, I, I, I think it might be even tougher to get away from Derrick Henry here. I mean, he's headed for high ownership, so you want to fade him. But he's primed for like 30 carries, maybe more in this game. So, I mean, if you're giving Derrick Henry 30-plus carries, he's a solid bet for a couple of touchdowns. He he might just end up being that running back that you have to have to win a tournament. Yeah, I mean, even if he's 20, 30% on, which I think he will be, um, he's not not a guy I'd want to like full fade if I'm making a whole bunch of lineups. Um, Otherwise, again, I like Zeke in tournaments. I just think he he always has two touchdown upside in that Cowboys offense. And then – Jonathan Taylor's a guy I'm I've been waffling on. Um, Sixty three hundred feels like a good price. I don't think game script is going to get away from the Colts against Miami. Um, Taylor's just due for some positive touchdown regression. You know he has uh, league high six carries inside the five yard line, but hasn't scored yet. Um, but I mean Carson Wentz is still banged up. Colts O line is banged up. Quentin Nelson's out of this game, so you know that definitely has me. You know I would not play JT in cash, um, but in tournaments I'm still going to consider him and probably will mix him into. A, quite a few lineups. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning as well. He's risky because of his lack of receiving a sluggish O-line to this point and the Carson Wentz stuff, but there is big upside. You mentioned touchdown regression. Dolphins have also allowed the second most running back points so far, so it's a positive matchup. There's a two-touchdown Jonathan Taylor game coming at some point. I would like to be on board in DFS when that happens. And then uh, back to Derrick Henry before we move away from running backs. I think that one way to differentiate with a Derrick Henry lineup is to run it back with Corey Davis for the Jets at 4% projected ownership at 5,000 bucks. So then, you know, you're not so much worried about differentiating at running back. You get the Derrick Henry points and then you can still uh, game stack it with Corey Davis to kind of get some leverage there. Yep. Like it. Wide receiver for cash. What are you playing? So, I mean, CD Lamb and DJ Moore stick out to me at 6,700 bucks for Lamb, 6,600 for Moore. Um, you know, Lamb's coming off a disappointing week three. Um, you had just the three targets. Dallas didn't throw much in that game. But I mean, he had 24 targets over the first two weeks of the season. I think that's more indicative of, you know, his volume going forward. So, like Lamb, like Moore, he has 31 targets uh, through the first three weeks of the season. That's sixth most among wide receivers. Um, and then the last guy I like for cash is Odell Beckham, which might be surprising for a guy, you know, in just his second game coming off a torn ACL. But, I mean, it was very encouraging last week. He ran her out on 85% of the pass plays, 29% target share. Um, 
Jarvis Landry remains out. So I think you're going to see Beckham, you know, again, probably around 25, 30% of the targets. And the matchup's really good against Minnesota. Uh, they've allowed the fourth most DraftKings points to wide receivers. So 5,800 bucks um, for like a clear number one wide receiver that we know is talented. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think he's as risky as you might think he is. Yeah, I am not surprised because I have him down as well. It's tough, like you said, to look past the wideouts in that Carolina-Dallas game. But Odell Beckham, as you mentioned, number one wide receiver. He's in the 5K range. Uh, He's in a setting that could drive up passing volume. Cleveland's at Minnesota this week. The Vikings on offense are third in the league in yards, eighth in points. So they're moving the ball. They're scoring points. This has some shootout potential. And even in a game last week where it was a one-sided win for Cleveland, we got plenty of targets to support Odell Beckham at this salary. So I I like him in cash as well. On the GPP side, it looks like DK Metcalf is going to go under-owned. He's played the 49ers four times in over the past two years. He's seen at least nine targets in each of those games, caught six-plus passes in three of those four games. And the other came in the second half of last year where everything was bad in the Seattle passing game. The first matchup last season – produced a monster fantasy line, 12 catches, 161, two touchdowns. This time, Metcalf's coming off a 100-yard game. He's seen 20 targets over the past two weeks. He's headed for 3.6% projected ownership. So, I mean, if that continues, I'm definitely going to be playing some Metcalf, whether it's a Russell Wilson lineup or not. Yeah, and, and Tyler Lockett seems, you know, questionable. For, I, I think he's going to play. You know, he returned to practice today on Friday. So I think he's going to be out there, but I think he's going to be – and less than 100%. So I think you might see more action go Metcalf's way. So I love Metcalf, and I am going to do like a mini game stack with Metcalf and Brandon Ayuk at $5,000. Projected for just 3% ownership, which I'm surprised about. I feel like, you know, after Ayuk finally got back in that full-time role last week, people would want to, you know, pile back on him. Maybe the ownership projection's off. We'll see. But I think 5000 bucks is a good price for, you know, a good matchup against Seattle. Um, again, Ayuk was up to a 90% route rate. Last week, saw 15% target share, you know, a decent number. You want, you, you like to be a bit higher, but I think it definitely could be going forward. So I like, a, you know, Metcalf, I can kind of hope that uh, Niners Seahawks game shoots out. Yeah, and I think there are probably just too many wideouts for Brandon Ayuk to get too much attention this week. Yep, for sure. Over to tight end for cash. Uh, Evan Ingram at 3000 bucks is definitely a starting point for me at this position. Third on the team in targets in his return last week, even at less than full playing time behind only Saquon Barkley and Colin Johnson though. So that's a, a very fragile top of the target tree for the giants. Certainly easy to see Evan Ingram climbing that this week. The saints are good in tight end coverage again, which they have been for several years now, but I'm chasing volume here. I'm chasing target volume with Evan Ingram. I'm not chasing ultimate ceiling with him at 3000 bucks in my cash lineup. So, you know, if he gets eight targets and catches four of them for 40 yards, I'm okay with that. I would like more, but that's okay for 3000 bucks here. Yeah. I'm using Ingram and cash. Um, I, I don't really want to, but again, you know, we, we, we have to fit all these guys in, into a salary cap and we haven't really mentioned any cheap guys yet. So Ingram's kind of the spot to save money. And it's really just a volume play, you know, with Shepard and Slayton out of this game. Um, Inger, by the way, is not even listed on the week four injury report. So, you know, he is healthy for now. You know, hopefully he stays healthy throughout this game. Um, But again, it's really just a price play and, you know, projected volume for Ingram. Mm -hmm. GPP side, what do you like? So I'm going to be playing Kelsey in my Mahomes tournament teams, even at 8,100 bucks. Um, You know, just find a way to fit him in there. Um, I also like Kyle Pitts. I'm going to go back to him. $5,000. He's, you know, projected under 10% ownership because he's just been disappointing so far. But the usage ha- has been awesome. You know, he's top seven among tight ends and pass routes and targets and air yards and expected fantasy points. You know, I, I'm, I still think he's a really good player. The concern has been Matt Ryan 
Um, you know, he just needs Ryan to, to find him a couple times to pay off. And Washington, by the way, is 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight end. It's been a disappointing defense so far, and that's included um, defending tight ends. And you look at the Washington defense and say there's talent, there's so much talent, it's bound to rebound at some point. One spot where they're really not awesome is safety, and they haven't figured out how to line up their safeties yet. They've been waffling on playing time among their top three there. So they haven't figured it out. I think that's certainly good for opposing tight ends to this point. The big guys are obviously in play here. I already mentioned Zach Ertz as a possibility at 3,500 for a Jalen Hurts lineup, um, especially if I'm I'm running him with Tyreek Hill in that game. But I also want to throw out Mike Jacecki or Gasecki or whatever, however you say his name. <laughs> 12 targets last week. I think that's worth chasing in a tournament lineup for 4K and low projected ownership. A negative matchup for Jalen Waddle in this one in the slot against the Colts. So maybe that pushes a little bit more toward Gasecki. And otherwise, Will Fuller is, is going to play. But whoever knows how healthy that guy is. He's dealing with the chest and elbow issues. I don't know. We'll see how involved he is. Either way, I think it's worth chasing the target count from last week for Gasecki in this game. Yeah, I like that one for tournaments. Um, I, I want to pump up uh, Anthony Ferkser one more time this week, too. Um, he's 3100 bucks on DraftKings. I think you know people are going to use Evan Ingram down at that price tag over Ferkser. I, I think there's a real chance Ferkser leads Tennessee in targets this weekend. Um, and the matchup's obviously good against the Jets. So 3100 bucks. I like him for tournaments. It is definitely fair to say that there's a real chance. It's also fair to say there's a real chance Chester Rogers leads the Titans in targets this week. Sure is. <laughs> Over to defense. I like the Colts for 2700 yeah. bucks at Jacoby Brissett. Projected for single-digit ownership behind the Falcons and the Lions. I think that helps the Colts for tournaments. So, I mean, across formats here, I like the price. I like the talent, even though the Colts haven't been lighting up on defense so far. Most of all, I like the matchup against Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning to. Um, and the Colts have a lot of injuries, too. Quiddy Pay is out. Um, Kari Willis, Rocky Sin. So, and, and they've been disappointing in real life. They've actually been decent in fantasy so far though they have six takeaways and five sacks through three games um they're ninth among main slate defenses in dk points per game um so they've been fine there but like you said it's just a matchup against a backup quarterback and a 2700 dollars price tag yeah i think otherwise if you don't want the colts the packers at 3300 look like they're going to go under own despite the Bengals going into pittsburgh last week and finishing sixth among fantasy defenses Yes, Packers is who I'm trying to get up to for tournaments for sure. I, I just think picking on Big Ben all season is going to work out in the long run. Then um, if you want to get super cheap, you know, just matchup-based plays, I think Atlanta at 2300 at home for Taylor Heineke. Who, I, I swear, Taylor Heineke is just like a young Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, he plays so similarly. Um, and then even Detroit at 2200 um, you know, we, we saw what a mess the Bears' offense is right now, so I think there's some upside to the Lions. I'm surprised that there's not more love for the Packers defense this week. I actually had somebody email us this week, a subscriber email us asking us why we had the Packers ranked so high because they let us down in week one. We ranked them high against the Saints. It's because of what the Bengals just did to Ben Roethlisberger last week and the way that Ben Roethlisberger looks in general. That's just going to be a positive matchup going forward. Yeah, I mean, the Packers aren't a good D. You know, there's right. no arguing that, but um, I think as we saw last night, Cincinnati's not a great D either. And, you know, they just put up a big fantasy outing against Pittsburgh. Exactly. So that's going to do it for this week four DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com to get more player recommendations. If you're a DS insider, then you can check out Jared's cash game picks as well as top GPP options from Corey Bushland. You can also mess around with our lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and all other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. Find the link to do so in the description 
for this podcast. If you are with us on the stream here, stick around. We're going to hit the FanDuel side in just a minute after a quick break. For Jared Smola and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. Thank you.